0: help others. We bring them face to face with God. Do not board up your homes for fear of God's little ones. They are his long lost children, his flock in need of a shepherd. Everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts and your final episode of 2022. I almost said 2021. That's how fast this year's going. Uh, this is Mike, and joining me as always, it's Mr. Venom. How's it going,
1: Venom? Greetings and salutations, religious zealots. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, Mike. How are you, how you doing? And I think it might be a possible misnomer that it's our last it's our last episode of the calendar year. But I think we will have one more 2022 review uh, very early in the new year. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, there's
0: actually another movie coming out, which um, but I don't know if it's a wide release or not. So we'll table that to the end, too.
1: I mean, we've already our got our, are, but I mean, the whole reason that I'm. That I kind of decided to postpone this episode is because it's a sequel. The movie that I' the movie in question I'm not going to talk about it but the movie in question is a sequel, and the first movie made my top 10 in, in that year. So that's why I'm like being steadfast that we have to review this movie. And unfortunately, it drops, I think, this week or next. So yeah, no, we have week. To do, this, this week It's this week, OK, so yeah. obviously, next week is Christmas. Um so usually we would take Christmas and New Year's off, but this year I think we're just gonna take Christmas off so that we can squeeze in that one extra movie. Um and then, you know, we will concentrate on the top ten. But yeah. So one more last last episode of the calendar year, second to last 2022 episode. Let's go with that.
0: <laughs> All right. Now that we got all that confusion out of the way, I guess I think I still need it. <laughs> Don, so hey, Don, how's it going?
2: Yeah, that's great. Always happy to be here.
0: All right, so this week we have a uh, VOD because the only real theater option I think was Mean One, kind of like the Grinch horror parody, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, and it didn't have any showings like in the... T- in the time frame, that uh, we would record. So uh, we just picked another VOD movie and Bleach, and it's uh, directed by Eric Pennycock. I'm not too familiar with that name, but he wrote and directed it. But I am familiar with and I think Graham Skipper too. At least I, Graham Skipper sounds familiar. But <laughs> uh... should sound
1: very familiar. Yeah, <laughs> we just saw him a week ago. <laughs>
0: so let's see this one's billed as a comedy horror and synopsis is a devout priest welcomes a struggling couple into his house at christmas time got a christmas horror movie for the third week in a row what begins a simple act of kindness quickly becomes the ultimate test of faith once the sanctity of his home is jeopardized well let's see if the uh the sanctity of this by the movie the leech or not so Venom, huh, i get your general thoughts on the leech
1: all right so as i mentioned just now this is our second week in a row we get to spend some time with graham skipper last week he played a bit role in our movie uh, christmas bloody christmas basically he was in the movie for five minutes before getting his head crushed on a set of stairs this week he actually takes center stage and he is in the starring role of our film Unfortunately, I I am not going to be able to say too many great things about this one. This movie is billed as a uh, a comedy horror. Uh, I say bullshit to both. Uh, This movie is not horror; it's solidly a psychological thriller. I mean, you know, maybe you could you could reach for straws and you know say that there's horror elements in here. I'm going to tell you, you're wrong. But uh, (laughs) this is solidly a psychological thriller for me. And then comedy? What the fuck was supposed to be funny? Like, I didn't chuckle once. I mean, maybe maybe my co-host will correct me, but I found nothing about this movie funny whatsoever. So, yeah, this, this movie is just, um, it's kind of a frustrating watch. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, Graham Skipper plays, you know, Father David. He is the titular, you know, devout priest in the synopsis. And he takes in, you know, this person who's having a rough time right before Christmas um you know trying to get uh get into his house that is uh, apparently locked by his uh woman his girlfriend whatever you want to go with and the priest out of the niceness of his heart tells the guy that he can stay with him tonight of course that you know snowballs no pun intended into something you know much more invasive and just disrespectful honestly so you know we'll go into the storyline of this you know for the spoiler section but I just did not have a good time with this movie. I broke my record for the least amount of notes I've ever taken watching a movie. I have half a page of notes on this movie cuz I was just so thoroughly bored with this film. The 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 nothing even remotely thriller or horror happens until about the f- I don't know, something like the 50-minute mark. And this is an 82-minute long movie, folks. So the 50-minute mark, we're solidly into the second act, maybe even into the third, before something even remotely horror happens. There's a scene of drugs and alcohol in this movie that is that just drags on fucking forever. They end up playing a drinking game that just was grating on me i i just wanted the scene to end so badly and then just when you think the scene is going to end oh out comes the vape and now the scene is going to be five fucking minutes longer and just and this movie is filled with scenes like that like whereas last week we had some pretty solid performances you know good banter back and forth believable characters this movie is the complete fucking opposite The only thing I can figure that this guy, this guy being a priest, he probably doesn't have a lot of, you know, social graces, because I think anybody would half a fucking brain would know that this was a setup. This was absolutely a setup from the goddamn start. And like I said, if you've even spent you know half half a, a portion of your life out in society in normal public society hanging out with people being social you could see the red flags all over these two characters and unfortunately because he is a priest you know he thinks the best of everyone you know until shit goes over the top um and then we get our inevitable ending. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Whereas last week, like I said, had good performances, good dialogue, great kills. Um, the only the only kill in this movie is off screen. And I mean completely off screen. Like, we're not even in the house when it happens. Um, and, you know, well, I, I'll keep that to myself till the spoiler section. But, yeah, I, I just... For an hour and twenty-two minute movie, this was the longest hour and twenty-two minute movie I think I've ever watched. I'm not going to say that it's garbage or it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Not at all. Um, you know, it's it's still serviceable. It's it's mildly well made. You know, I'm, I'm not going to. This is definitely not a, a Joe Bagos uh, Christmas horror story by any stretch. This is definitely a new director. Doesn't have the pedigree of you know a Bagos or you know people like that. Um, And I don't think he's going to earn it on this one. Uh, Like I said, not a terrible movie, just incredibly, incredibly boring. And I liken this movie to a movie that came out earlier this year that also I didn't like how it ended. And that's Piggy. Um, Piggy, though, is a thousand times better than this movie. Like Piggy is objectively a good movie. I thought it was a good movie. But the end – the the final act didn't go where I was really hoping it was going, and this movie did the exact same thing. I thought we were going towards some kind of ending, and then they, t- they kind of take a left turn and give me an ending that, to me, isn't satisfying, just like Piggy. So, yeah, ultimately – I'm not a big fan of the leech. I don't know how many genre fans are gonna, you know, um, kind of gravitate towards this one. But for me, it's middle of the road, leaning slightly towards the bad side of the road. <laughs> That's it for me, Mike.
0: That's hilarious. Um, all right, Don, we'll on the leech.
2: Um, uh, well, Venom's a little bit higher on this one than I am. Um, I yeah. absolutely hated this. Um, he's completely right. Uh, comedy horror is such a completely misleading genre tag for this because, as he said, there's no horror in this thing at all. Um, comedy, I can maybe see black comedy in a sense, you know, just like the it's spiraling out of control beyond this guy's grasp and he can't come to terms with everything. Like the the, the interactions are supposed to be like, you know, like some kind of like black comedy thing where... I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan of black comedy, so I don't even know where I'm going with this one, but I, I, I hated this. Um, it just drags. Nothing's interesting. The, the characters are just so fucking annoying that I can't stand being around them. Uh, it's so low budget that, you know, there's no real chance for anything kind of like big or major to happen to really grab my interest. Yeah, this didn't do anything for me, Um uh in fact if i wasn't on Arrow's screening list i i would have had no interest in this thing at all because it that's the only reason why i even got to see this one because i saw this one a few weeks ago when it premiered on arrows uh, streaming player so i got to watch it for that and uh, i only did it to stay on their good graces because uh, other than that i have very little interest in this and there's very little about it that appeals to me so yeah uh, it's tech, its filmmaking qualities aren't bad um you know it looks nice, the house is decent enough you know for the kind of film that they're going in they're going towards and a lot of what goes on in the final act isn't you know handled too badly, it's just not interesting, and that's that that's the main thing for me with this one is that it's not interesting at all and yeah i I don't understand where you got half a page worth of notes because <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the I mean it's just basically, you know, douchebag arrives, takes advantage, shit happens and he goes crazy and that's kind of you know, that that's the film right there. I mean I I, I don't have much to say. This is not my kind of movie. It's not in, anything I would want to watch if it was not something I had a screener for that they mis-sold, mis-marketed to me and got me to watch it based on the mis-sell. but yeah, um uh, uh, there's better Christmas horror out there, folks, so Don't waste your time on this one. Even the poster
1: doesn't belong to this movie. The, the movie poster for this is basically a uh, a Christmas gift-wrapped axe. Basically, well, that's, a full-
2: that's one of them. There's like three or four other ones.
1: I'm sure, I'm sure. The one I saw, anyway. Yeah. And ultimately, the only scene in this movie with an axe is a hallucination. It's not even a real... Um, Dream or excuse me, it's not even a real uh, event that occurs in the movie. It's just a hallucination or a daydream, if you will. So yeah, completely mismarketed.
0: Yeah, so oh. is maybe a smidge, but nothing like worth arguing about anything over. I ah, man, I felt like it, the setup for this had potential inviting like a person into your home there's like okay things can get whacked and i felt like it started going down that road but just kind of meandered and by the time we got to the third act when you know you assume everything's built up to start getting over the top i was just like what like this is all this that this was leading to (laughs) i mean i understand it's like a smaller scale movie you know with a smaller budget Oh, man, it, I don't know. I, I I just felt like this movie didn't really amount to much by the time it was over. Um, I was just hoping for more, you know. Mm-hmm. Things would get a little crazier. Like the 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 characters, their arcs were like good enough to where it could have justified some more in the third act, but we just didn't get much. And then like when it ends, just kind of like. Sudden and like, oh, that's that's all we're getting here, I guess. Um, But yeah, I think this one's pretty skippable, unfortunately, because I mean, I do like Gardner. I think, you know, he has a potential to be really good, and I think he was alright for what he had to work with. He was was really chewing up scenery. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he was like, I got to put this on my shoulders, guys, and like try to get something out of because. He played, like, you know, a drunk really, really good. Um, So maybe that's the highlight of the movie is just his depiction of this. And I thought the guy who played the priest was, like, all right, like, okay. Um, And there's just – there wasn't a lot to, like, ever just – that's the thing. Because usually I want to watch movies if I have time a second time before we do the I just didn't really have much of a desire to throw it on again.
1: Yeah, I don't blame it. This is this is a hard one to watch, you know. I mean, I guess if you like character studies, which usually I do, but this one, I just, I, I had no empathy for this priest. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not a religious person to begin with, so, I mean, that that kind of tracks. But even, mm-hmm. you know, watching this guy on his day-to-day life and, you know, preaching to his non-congregation, literally like three people total are in his church. And, you know, he's trying to save this congregation, you know, he's working with a young kid, uh, you know, a a young kid that was homeless when the priest met him, which, of course, has, uh, has, you know, those kind of sexual, uh, what do you call it? Inclinations. Thank you. Thank you, Don, so much. My English, no bueno today. Uh, Yeah, you know, like I said, because of the fact that he found him in a truck stop uh, bathroom, sleeping in a bathroom stall, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that joke is going to resurface, that old, tired joke. And Terry is exactly the kind of person to bring up that old, tired joke. So Um, I I will agree with Mike. Jeremy Gardner's uh, performance was probably the highlight of the movie, just watching this absolute scumbag just turn this priest's life upside down i mean literally from the moment he steps in the priest's house he's already disrespecting his house his religion jesus and then the ultimate he right after having a conversation with the priest about his mother who recently died he sees this oil painting prominently displayed in the living room and what's the first shit out of his mouth who's the bulldog it's like, motherfucker, how do you not put together that that's his mother? You literally just finished a conversation that this is her house and that she recently passed away. Then you walk into the living room and see a giant oil-painted portrait, and you're going to ask who that is? That is the sign of an absolute douchebag. So,
2: yes. I, Jeremy, I, uh-huh. I was going to say, that was the point in the film where I just completely lost interest, because it, it's not a just he's a douchebag. He's almost like a sociopath. Oh,
1: by Almost my ass. He's one hundred percent. That's what I'm about. saying.
2: You find you get the idea that he's bordering on a sociopath, not just a douchebag. Right.
1: I mean, literally anybody who would walk into a a priest's house who just offered you an, a a night's stay so that you don't have to sleep under a bridge in the middle of December and literally he's disrespecting everything in this house that was the that was really the first sign that this whole thing was a setup it was incredibly obvious this whole thing was a setup what the you know what the, the what they were going for what the intention was you know we finally find out later in the film and it is a stupid fucking idea i mean only a fucking only a pair of crackheads would come up with this idea and think it would fucking work like dna testing doesn't fucking exist We'll get into that later, though. But, yeah, this this whole movie, it, it's, it's more frustrating than anything. Like, ten minutes into the film, you know this is a setup. You know that this guy's going to fuck with the priest somehow. I thought it was going to take a horror twist where this guy was actually a serial killer or something. Or maybe him and his wife like to thrill kill or whatever the case may be. But, no, he's literally just a douchebag. He did have an ulterior motive, yes, but... Once you hear the ulterior motive, folks, your eyes are going to roll right out of your fucking head because they almost rolled out of mine. This is just such a terrible, stupid fucking concept that they thought would work. But yeah. So yeah, just, and I'm getting frustrated right now just talking about it. (laughs) The more I talk about this thing, the more I'm getting pissy about it. This, yeah, I'm, I'm a little upset. I like when movies are nice and short, you know, in, out, get to the point. But this movie, this movie could have been 55 minutes long and it still would have felt three hours. It's just so slow. And if you're not interested in these characters, like I, like I said, I wasn't interested in any character on either side, good or bad. I just didn't give a rat's ass and I'm forced to sit here and watch these people, you know, play drinking games and then, you know, get the priest high and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why there's no fucking point to any of this. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, I, I think the walkthrough is going to be a record uh, record time today, because I'm, I'm whipping through it. I don't care. <laughs> All right, guys, so before we get into our incredibly short walkthrough, anything else you guys want to add that's spoiler-free? Not worth
2: mentioning.
0: <laughs> uh, the only thing I think I can mention that I didn't during my initial uh, general thoughts was I did like some of the cinematography and use of color, but the... The the downside to that is there was also some stuff that, like, either the lights were flashing or it was just dark and you couldn't tell what the hell was going on.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: but when they did, like, just use, co- like, some of the color schemes almost reminded me of, like, Bagos, which is funny because we just ah! did a Bagos movie. Um, it was like Bagos light, like, you know, like almost like someone saw a Bagos movie. It was like, hey, I'll do some reds and greens and deep color in my movie, even though it doesn't really need it, but, um, yeah, it was just yeah, n- nothing memorable. It's just I just remember
1: the use of color. I uh, mean, it's a Christmas it, movie, so the, you know the, the greens and reds are going to be vibrant. But yeah, I, I can't go so far as that, especially because we just did a, Do- a Joe Bagos movie last week. Nothing about this movie reminds me of a Joe Bagos movie. You know, <laughs> maybe if uh, it w- w- they were a few weeks apart, I might have thought that. But yeah. Um, Like I said, minutes into this movie, I'm already mentally checked out. I don't really care about these characters. So, you know, I, I made my couple of comments what I noticed about filmmaking. The score is pretty, I don't know, okay, I guess. Like, it's there. It never took me out of the movie, but it never really added anything to it either, in my opinion, so but uh yeah all right let's uh that's your final uh, spoiler warning folks we're gonna go in here and uh run through this film um this film is pretty cut and dry other than a couple of odd occurrences throughout the film that could kind of be uh kind of implicating an unreliable narrator type situation but uh we'll get into that here in a little bit so as we already know uh father david and what's funny is that the, uh, the synopsis on IMDb is actually a little bit of a misnomer. It says a devout priest welcomes a struggling couple into his house. He didn't welcome the couple. He welcomed the guy. Uh, the woman was kind of forced on him. And again, because he's a priest, he's not, he's not very confrontational. He's not going to say no when he's you know, backed into a corner. So, uh, yeah, uh, kind of an odd way to describe it, but okay. So. As we said, our movie opens, Father David is giving a mass at his congregation, and we notice that there are only three people in the pews, so obviously this is a congregation that is dying, potentially about to get dissolved, but Father David is trying to keep it alive. He has a little friend named Rigo, um, kind of a Latin-looking kid, Latino, Mexican, whatever you want to go with, who was uh, a homeless kid when they first met. As I mentioned earlier in the non-spoilers section, he found him at a truck stop bathroom, sleeping in a bathroom stall, which, of course, leads to Terry's eventual joke later about the priest and the young boy in a truck stop bathroom, blah, blah, blah. Um, So, yeah, you know, we get that little intro. And then... As the mass is over and uh, David's trying to lock up the church, he sees someone sleeping in the pews, wakes them up. It's Terry, played by Jeremy Gardner, and basically offers to give the guy a ride home because, you know, it's cold outside. And it's just, you know, he can't stay in the church because the church has to be locked up, blah, blah, blah. When he tries to take him home, the door is locked and we see all of his personal possessions kind of just thrown out in the front yard very reminiscent of a bad breakup that obviously may have just happened. Uh, We get uh, then Terry kind of, you know, giving his sob story of he doesn't know where he's going to go. He doesn't have family. He doesn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have money for a hotel. And of course, David being the good person that he is offers to um, offers Terry to, you know, a night at his house To basically just stay there. And like I said during the non-spoiler section, this guy is just a complete asshole from the start. I mean, as soon as he walks in this guy's door, he's insulting his house, insulting his decor, insulting his religion, his God, and finally his mother, which, you know, I just found incredibly fucking disrespectful. Because, I mean, I, I just don't understand how, you know you would make sacrilegious jokes in a priest's house like that just kind of shows you what kind of scumbag you truly are. And obviously it's, you know, one of the first four or five red flags that, you know, this whole thing is a setup for some reason. So, um, after one night of staying there, um, on the second night, uh, Terry actually tries to sneak his woman into the priest's house Not necessarily to rob them or anything, just just because she doesn't have a place to stay either. Apparently, that house that was locked up that night is her house, and she has just been evicted. Um, At least that's the story that they're giving here. So, um Obviously, the priest catches Terry sneaking the woman in. I say his wife. I don't think it was his wife. I think it was just his girlfriend. Um, Basically, you know, the priest catches Terry sneaking his girlfriend into the house, reluctantly lets her stay. Uh, Basically, you know, as expected, Terry lied to the girl. uh, Lexi is her name. Basically lied to her saying, oh, yeah, the priest said it was cool. No worries. Um, Which, of course, it wasn't. Complete lie. So, you know, uh, the priest relents and lets them stay. Uh, On one night when they're just hanging out together, um, the couple somehow get David to drink. Obviously, David is, as the synopsis says, he is a devout priest. He doesn't really drink unless it's sacrificial wine, blah, blah, blah. And he's very reluctant to drink. Eventually, they get him to open up a little bit. They they end up playing uh, Never Have I Ever. And, of course, if you're playing Never Have I Ever with a priest, (laughs) they're probably going to drink every goddamn round because they've never done anything of any fun. As it turns out, David does have a past, uh, a checkered past, so he didn't actually drink for every single thing they said, which was nice. But this is the scene, folks, that was just dragging forever this scene literally could have been 30 seconds to show me that they got David drunk and then they move on to the next part of their plan. But no, it literally felt like a 15 minute goddamn scene in an 82 minute movie. So yeah, I don't know if this was bad filmmaking or if that scene actually was that long. You know what I mean? Like did it, did it, act, did it just feel that long or was it actually that long? I don't know. Cause I'm not going to go back and watch it and verify. So, uh, eventually, uh, uh, once the alcohol is gone, uh, Lexi pulls out a vape pen, which, you know, anybody in the know knows that vape pens are for THC, uh, not generally the standard vapes, the nicotine vapes. And she hands it to the priest, tells him, oh, there's no nicotine in this whatsoever. It's totally safe. The, David starts hitting uh, uh, the, the vape pen multiple times. And then they tell him, oh, by the way, that that's not exactly, you know, uh Tobacco-free. I mean, it it is nicotine-free, but there's something else in there. And we kind of hear it in the background. I'm saying, oh, David's getting high, blah, 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 blah. And then later that evening, David wakes up in his bed, still has all his clothes on. Um, He just wakes up in a haze, not sure what the hell's going on. He he hears noises in, in, in his house. To us, the viewer watching, we know that they're the sounds of passion. It's sex noises. Obviously, David might be a little bit not in the know on that subject. So he actually goes to um, Terry and Lexi's room, walks in, and finds Lexi pegging Terry. Yes, they are in doggy style, but reversed. Lexi is uh, behind them, basically inserting something into uh, Terry's rectum. And as soon as the priest opens the door and Terry and Lexi notice him, they just start laughing. They're both like laughing, ha ha ha, and and then Lexi uh, reaches her hand out, you know, to tell the priest, "Come on in." We see him go into the room, but then that's it. Uh, all we all we find out is the next morning he wakes up in bed with his uh, sleep apnea mask on, his CPAP machine, and doesn't remember going to bed. And that later that morning is when he finds out from Terry that uh, they actually had a free a three-way yeah they had a menage a trois and this is the part that i felt bad because i know david is a priest and doesn't want to have a three-way but uh, the only thing i could think about is how unfortunate to actually finally get a three-way and then not remember it (laughs) that sucks but yeah that's that's where we are as soon as david realizes what they did the night before he starts puking blah 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 puke 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 and then David basically sets—he puts his foot down and he sets down the rules and he says, "That's it. No more heavy metal music. No more alcohol in the house. No more drugs. No more of anything." I mean, he actually even makes Terry—he he actually confiscates all of his cassette tapes. Yes, cassette tapes, my friends. Um, let's see what else. Um, like I said, it makes him dump all the alcohol in the sink. Even makes him get rid of the last bit of his coke. Um, Yes, they did have Coke. I don't think David had any. I think even drunk, he's not that stupid. But uh, we definitely see Terry and Lexi enjoying the powdery white stuff. So... Um, after David sets down the rules about, you know, what's going to happen, he even gives them both clothing. Like he he gives Lexi one of his mother's dresses, you know, a coverall type dress, nothing remotely sexy. Uh, He gives Terry a pair of slacks and a sweater, and they literally don't look the same, you know, once they change into their clothes. Lexi is obviously very against it. Um, That evening, Lexi and Terry get into a fight in the living room and they knock over mom's urn. And instantly, uh, you know, David hears the smash, runs downstairs, sees the urn and all of his mother's ashes all over the floor. And he doesn't actually, like, freak out the way I think most people would. He just tells them both, shut up. I don't want to hear excuses. Go and get a dustpan, uh, you know, a broom and a dustpan so I can clean this up. Um, Terry tries to help at first, but of course, David's like, just stop it. I will do it. Get out of here. Ends up putting his mother as ashes in a mason jar, uh, for the, for the time being, apparently. And, you know, just, just more interactions between these two. Uh, eventually David does find out that, um, that Lexi is pregnant. And this is where we get to the absolute absurdity of this film, my friends. This woman was pregnant already before she ever showed up at David's house. She went to confessional um at the church where david is um She confesses that she's pregnant out of wedlock and that her husband is a loser unemployed blah 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 um, David basically you know tells her. You know, we, we choose life, you know, even if you don't keep the child, there's no need to, you know, kill it, blah, 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 because the mom says that she's going to abort the child. Um, after a while, she relents and says, OK, I'll think about the words you said. I'll think about what you told me. And she ends up leaving. David instantly, rec- and I'm sure the viewers as well, instantly recognize Lexi's voice when she shows up at David's house. So it has been established that this woman is pregnant. What they end up doing is they tell David that Lexi is pregnant and that they don't know who the father is, if it's Terry or David. And then that's when David finally wakes up and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? That woman was pregnant before you guys ever got here, blah, blah, blah. They all deny it, of course. Terry and Lexi both deny that she's ever been to that church. But now David understands what the plot was. And this is what I mean about fucking stupidity. Like they've never even heard of a DNA test. Uh, you don't even have to wait for the child to be born to have a DNA test. You can have a DNA test in utero. And to, to think that these fucking crackhead idiots thought that this plan would work just shows the, the level of idiocy and douchebaggery <laughs> that these two imbibe throughout the entire fucking movie. They're just the worst fucking people ever. Short of murdering people, but, you know, I'd probably have more respect for a murderer than a a piece of shit leech. And then throughout the movie, we actually do get some questionably supernatural scenes. Uh, There's one scene in the church where David is in the pews praying and we see something scurry by his feet. It's just a black blur. We don't see what it is. Don't know if it's a creature. Don't You know, literally just a thing scurries past his legs and we never hear about it again. Literally, it's like they just threw that in the movie to add a horror element, because th- then the only horror element would just be uh, Father David's psychopathy by the end of the film, which we'll get to now. Um, after David and Terry and Lexi have this giant argument, um, you know, Terry threatened uh, – at one point, David tries to call the police. Terry threatens them and tells them, you know, if you don't want me telling all of the important, you know, big wigs in your church, you know, that you got that you had a three way, uh, you know, that you actually had a man inside you. I forget exactly how he worded it. It was it was mildly chuckle worthy. But, yeah. So there's the plot. These two idiots in their ultimate drugged out wisdom, decided to try to blackmail this guy into, I don't know, raising their child or maybe partially paying for the raising of the child. You'd have to talk to the two idiots to find out what their end game was. But anyway, that night, David is just completely had it with them. You know, he's praying to God. He's telling God, I don't know what to do anymore. I've I've offered them my house, my food, clothing nothing seems to make them appreciate what they're being given and he basically asks god like i said what should i do at one point he looks up to the wall where there is a standard wooden crucifix up on the wall but then as the lightning strikes and the lights come in and out suddenly uh the the crucifix turns into two shotguns in the crucifix shape and that's when david is like okay i know what i need to do And this is where I'm starting to get excited. I'm like, finally, you fucking idiot. Wait, you woke up and decided to defend your home and yourself and everything. And he ends up going up to the bedroom. Um, David, uh, excuse me, Terry and Lexi are both asleep, out cold. I'm sure they drank themselves to sleep that night. So he's just standing there with the shotgun pointed at Terry, uh, just contemplating what to do. I think his original intention was to kill both of them. But at while he's standing there, he thinks that he hears the fetus's voice, and the fetus actually tells him, please save me. Sacrifice yourself to save me. Something along those lines. So then the camera goes outside of the house, and we hear two, gunshot, uh, two gunshots. Uh, he, he put two shells into his 12-gauge shotgun. And we hear both shots go off. We hear a female scream after the first gunshot and then no sound after the second gunshot. And then it just sti- it sits on that static shot of the exterior of the house. Suddenly, the front door opens. So, of course, we're thinking David's about to walk out. Nope, it's Lexi. Lexi walked out of the house, which I'm assuming implies that Father David first killed Terry and then killed himself. Um, I don't know why, like I said, David is suffering some kind of mental illness. I'm not sure if he's always had it or if it was brought on by these two freeloaders, just, you know, completely turning his life upside down. But there it is, folks. That is the Leech 2022. And uh, actually, there is one more slightly supernatural scene that I wanted to talk about and ask you guys' opinion about. I, I think I already know what the answer is, but it's the confessional scene. Um, Later in the film, Father David is in the confessional drinking a bottle. He's basically hiding to get drunk. And someone goes into the other side of the confessional, and we hear this dark, deep, booming voice start talking to him about what he needs to do as a good Catholic person. And then when he asks the voice, who are you, that's when we get the titular line, I am the leech. And then the conversation ends, and that's it. So there are two mildly supernatural scenes in this movie that I guess is just David's psychopathy kind of personifying itself or you know, kind of coming to the surface, if you will. Or he was actually told by God to kill people with a shotgun, which obviously is hard to believe. But, yeah, that's it. So if anybody can tell me what the comedy of this movie was, I would fucking love to know because I didn't – as I said before – I didn't even chuckle. It wasn't even, and, and that's not hyperbole. I literally didn't chuckle once.
0: <laughs> so they they were going for my... the frailty. They were going for the frailty angle. Is he or is he not hearing? Uh, is he not being directed by God or is he?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, it's not even. It's almost an insult to compare this to frailty. Frailty is eighty times the movie. This one is.
0: Yeah, I almost uh, didn't. It, but I, was like, <laughs> but yeah. just,
1: I do understand what you're saying though. The, the, you know, the is he crazy or is he actually hearing voices type thing? But yeah, like I said, that to me, in my personal opinion, that's not enough to call this a horror movie. This is a psychological thriller through and through, from beginning to fucking end. It ain't a horror movie, it ain't a comedy, It ain't, and it's solidly not a horror comedy. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that I can't recommend this movie to anyone. You know, if you like slow-paced uh, character studies with, Kind of thoughtful endings, you know, an, an ending that makes you think then I, you know, I, you might enjoy this, but ultimately I can't recommend it to anybody that I know. Anyway, the, the genre fans that I associate with are not the ones who would, uh, dig on this movie. So, yeah, that's the leech folks. And thankfully I am done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really have much to add. Uh, not a lot going on in this movie. Venom summed it up pretty well with the uh, sprint through, I would call it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um,
1: what's there to talk about, really? <laughs> yeah. Why is Graham Skipper taking this performance?
0: <laughs> I would say, like, if you're a huge fan of Jeremy Gardner and you just, like, are compelled to watch it for him, I guess that's the best reason, but otherwise,
2: yeah.
0: you know, it can yeah. be low on your priority list.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: If you want, if you want a good movie with Jeremy Gardner in it, just go watch The Battery. Much better.
0: Mhm. Uh, all right, Don. Any final uh, words before we close this one out?
2: Uh, I said it earlier. Uh, this isn't really worth it. Don kind of had a week off this week,
1: <laughs> other than watching the all movies. Right.
0: Hey, yeah. Well, let's hear about some things that are worth it our other shows hopefully uh so venom uh what do you got out recently if anything for people to listen to?
1: Okay nothing actually released lately but I am in the process of editing uh Normal Room in Hell presents creature comforts episode number fourteen. Uh we look at the brand new movie Troll that just dropped on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. Uh, That will definitely that episode will be out before Christmas. So I'll I'll have it done before the end of the week. I'll have it submitted and should be up before Christmas. I'm going to try my hardest because I am kind of busy this week, but I'm going to try my hardest to get that out. Um, As we mentioned over the last couple of weeks, Crystal Lake gift shops taking a mild hiatus for the holidays, but we will definitely be back in January with episode three. And then the only guest spot I have to talk about, oh, wait, I forgot the main show. We finally did do the main show, episode 49. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but um, those were Derek's picks where we looked at a pair of Italian zombie movies. And we are in the midst of preparation for our historic episode 50, which will be coming to you in January. So uh, look out for that one. And then as far as guest spots go, I did my guest spot for Cut to the Chase, where we looked at 1972's Whoever Slew Auntie Ruse, starring Shelley Winters. And um, I'm not sure if that's available to download yet, but it's been recorded for over a week now. So hopefully it will be. (laughs) I would imagine it'll be out before the holidays if it's not already. Like I said, it might actually be out, but I haven't seen uh, an announcement or anything like that. So and that's pretty much it for me for 2022.
0: All right, Don. anything for people to hear from you?
2: Uh, not much. Just, uh, you know, upcoming creature comforts. Look forward to that. Um, and I'm still waiting on a couple of dates to uh, fall in line for guest spots. Uh, Cut to the Chase has been postponed three times now. Um, so that one's probably going to get recorded just a couple of days before Christmas, so uh don't know when that one's gonna be out, but uh it it should be a fun time. I'm looking forward to that one when, and um yeah, just basically keep your eye out for uh, the new season of uh, horror countdown. It's coming up just around the corner. So uh looking forward to launching season two. So uh that one will probably be out before the next episode of um Fresh Cuts, but I'm not entirely sure yet. So uh, keep your ears peeled.
0: Are you telling people to start the countdown for a Horror Countdown Season 2? Uh,
2: I was... A- <laughs> uh, Mike and his puns. Well, no, just um, I was thinking of that one, but uh, my brain cells on this one were just completely thrown off. So, uh, well, thank you for making the joke for that one.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, so as far as I go, I still have my uh Chase Miss episode to record, but I know talking to Lacey they are due to the time crunch, they are extending it into January, so uh hopefully that'll be recorded in the next week or two. And otherwise, not much from me. Um then mm-hmm. already mentioned Crystal Lake gift shop, yeah, it'll be back. No more Roman Hell will be back, so January it's It's, like, already going to be a packed January of content, hopefully, if all goes (laughs) as planned. But at least this time uh, it'll
1: be packed with my stuff and not other people's stuff, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think, Venom, you mentioned at the beginning uh, that this is... It's our last episode of the calendar year, but we have one more to cover, technically, uh, for 2022. It'll just happen Uh, in January.
2: Um, yeah, yeah so that's we won't what be
0: doing, doing an official episode next week because it's nope. we'll be coming right off Christmas when we usually record. Um mm-hmm. But then the following week we will record. It just might be later in the week than usual, just depending on everyone's yeah. schedule and stuff.
1: Exactly. Cool. And the reason the reason that I wanted to do one extra episode is because Scare Package 2 drops this week. That is a movie that made my top 10. I think it was my number 10 movie of that year. And I, I definitely want to give it a chance to make it to this list if it's as good or better. I mean, any movie with Joe Bob, I'm on board for. I don't know that he's in the sequel. If he is, awesome. Either way, I, I want to watch it and, you know, give it a chance for the top 10 this year. So the plan is, yeah, we're going to take the week of Christmas off um the week of new years uh we will have an episode it just might be delayed a day or two but that'll be the scare package episode and then because of just our scheduling we're actually going to do our first 2023 episode before our top 10 episode only because this year we're actually getting a release right in the first goddamn weekend in january and it's a pretty big one it's one that's getting advertised a lot that is of course megan so look out for the Megan episode the week after that's released and then the week after that, which would make it the second week in January, um, look out for the top 10 show. So, yeah, a little out of order, but that's just because, you know, we had some we have a very late release this year and a very early release in 2023. So it just kind of jumbled up the schedule.
0: Yep. Um, all right. So with that, uh, I want to say thanks to the listeners of Fresh Guts for listening to another Years worth of shows. Then uh, I mentioned you'll get a bonus 2022 episode uh, <laughs> in a couple weeks time, and then uh, we'll start it all over again in 2023, including the top 10 show, which I'm I'm estimating records about the middle of January, and uh, yeah. even that one doesn't take me that long to put out afterwards. So should come out the same week that we record. Maybe we'll get a guest. Maybe we won't. I mean, we. Technically, with three hosts, a top ten show is already going to be longer than usual, so we yeah. don't need a guest. But if there's people like Pining to do it with us, maybe we'll let them come on. But we'll we'll figure it out. we got some time.
2: Yep.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yep. So with that, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. It's time to get out of here until uh, next time. So let's say bye, listeners.
2: Later.
1: Feliz Navidad, mi amigos. And
2: yeah, Merry avoid Christmas. taking in
0: Yeah, I was gonna say avoid taking in drunk strangers around the holidays. Yeah, avoid taking
2: anything in your ass that you're not aware of. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very true. <laughs> Peace. See you next year.